Happy Wild Ranger Day. Wild Ranger Day is celebrated annually on July 31st to commemorate rangers killed or injured in the line of duty and also to celebrate the amazing work our rangers do to protect nature, habitats and local communities as well. And in this new episode, I'm super delighted and honored to be speaking with Lou Bedford. Lou Bedford is the founder of Ranger Lab, a UK registered charity whose focus is on supporting the basic personal well-being of wildlife rangers. While studying at Durham University, Lou set up the organization in 2019 with the aim to improve the performance, dignity, and morale of wildlife rangers globally. Today, Liu runs Ranger Lab full-time and has been fortunate to spend time with rangers across the world, learning about their unique backgrounds, opportunities, and challenges. I hope you enjoy this episode and learn something. Karibu, karibu sana. Okay, a very good evening to you, Liu uh, Bideford. Uh, thank you so much for making time to join us on our podcast today, uh, from straight from London. Karibu yeah. sana. Thank you so much for having me, Diblex. It's a real privilege. Great. Uh, so we'll just dive right into the conversation of the day, Lou. And uh, uh, could you tell us your story uh, from the beginning, how it started and uh, where you are right now and what you're currently working on? Yeah, sure. Um, so it's not a not a super long story. Um, I'm only pretty young. So um, yeah. <laughs> I guess for me, I've always had a, a real passion for nature um, and always been concerned at the rate you know, by which we're seeing nature decline. Um, so for me personally, it's been a it's been a journey of learning and being in education for a lot of that, learning about the challenges of our planet and also seeing what opportunities there are to create solutions for our planet too. So um, I went to university in the UK and have always had an interest in how we can support, um, you know, the people protecting the planet and they were the wildlife yeah. rangers. So um, back in 2019, um, some friends and, and uh, family, we were all chatting about um, conservation as we're really interested in that part of the um, of the sort of global challenge of, of the environment and um, you know for us it was the discussion around you know what um, what's life like for wildlife rangers and uh, for me it sparked something in my head that was really simple and um, I played a lot of sport in my um, in my few years a lot of cricket and uh, some yeah. other sports running cricket and um, long story short was that you know I've always had really good pieces of equipment to do uh, to do those sports and, and the socks and whether it was socks or the uniform to do that was always, um, you know, kind of a given. Um, and so when I heard that wildlife rangers didn't have the right equipment and the socks or the boots to do their job, um, naturally for me personally, it became something that I thought was really solvable, but also really important to solve. And, and those two things combined um, were really the, the genesis for, for what's come and um since 2019 to today, it's been a, a real uh, front of my mind for, for most of the time that I've kind of been uh, between education and, and now working on this full time. So, um, yeah, it's a real privilege to be doing this full time. And uh, the journey, hopefully, has just begun. Amazing, amazing stuff right there, Lou. And we'll get into much detail in a bit um, about the amazing work that you're doing with Ranger Lab there. But I'm curious to know, um, what drives your passion for conservation and for supporting a ranger's well-being? Yeah, I think we are going to be the generation that is the critical generation to decide whether, you know, ultimately these ecosystems do sustain over the long term or unfortunately there's a chance that these ecosystems around the world 
might become, you know, um, irreversibly um, challenged. And therefore, I think for me personally right now, the time is is right to get involved as much as I can and commit my energy and my time to um, promoting and also supporting, um, you know, uh, the ecosystems that wildlife rangers are working in. Um, and the reason I think that wildlife rangers for me um, were such a big focus point was because um, – always I've been interested in people's stories and people's challenges and I've been so in awe of all of the stories and the challenges but also the resilience that wildlife rangers are showing Uh, in the face of so many challenges they've shown optimism and bravery um, that's immeasurable really and I think that's been such an inspiration for me and if there's anything I I can do to continue their um, you know their optimism their bravery and to support their performance in the field doing some really difficult jobs at difficult yeah. times in difficult places um then i have to i think i think that's the the opportunity is right there so the time's right and uh, i think there's a huge amount of opportunity to create impact and that's why it feels like the right time to do it all well that's quite quite profound and uh, we'll get much into detail about the amazing work our rangers do and uh, the challenges they face on the ground really they are our ears and eyes on the ground and we cannot underscore uh, the value they bring into conservation could you walk us through how the formation of ranger lab came to be you've mentioned that it's been uh since you started in 2019 and now it's the growth is is there the impact has been seen the results are there mm. the support is great could you walk us through um how you 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 came about and uh with your partners definitely to form this a uh, great organization yeah of course and it began very organically there was no I need to set up a charity to make this change. I just yeah. wanted to create a solution that was really simple, that was really transparent, but ultimately was really effective. And we heard a story um, at that sort of dinner time conversation about rangers who were working without socks, or if they had socks, the socks had holes in them, uh, and therefore the blisters and all of the kind of issues that that would bring were, were really clear. And from my side, from playing so much sport, I had so many pairs of socks that were really thick and good quality um, that would have been perfect for hiking and um, patrolling as wildlife rangers. So in 2019, I called a lot of my friends up in the UK and said, have you got any of these sort of thick cricket socks that we can use to um, send in a box? And if we've got new ones, we can buy some new ones as well. Um, And all in all, we put together a big box of socks and um, that was the solution to the issue was that if wildlife rangers in, in Zambia didn't have the right pairs of socks to do their job, let's find the um, the best pairs we can find with the resources we have and let's get them quickly to those rangers. And I remember getting a photograph really clearly um, of that result. And it was those rangers holding up those socks with really powerful smiles. And it was that photo that remembered, uh, the, sorry, reminded me just how powerful that sort of intervention could be and how... Yeah. As, as a solution, not only is it a sense of respect, it's also a really simple solution. And from socks now to everything else that we're doing from sort of um, building kitchens in the field or building, um, you know, small um, tents and, and, and things that are semi-permanent so that rangers can operate um, further for longer or boots or jackets. There's a whole range of things that we're doing now. And that's because the requirements for wildlife rangers globally is so large. There are so many items that can make a huge difference in the field. And 
they wear out really quickly. If you think about some of the ecosystems around the world that are under threat, they're also very um, challenging climates as well. So very cold or very hot, um, you know, all of these different challenges that put on personal equipment and basic um, welfare goods. And that for us has become a real niche now that we, we really focus on the basics. Um, there was options to go into training and supporting other aspects, but yeah. you know, it's in our DNA to focus on really transparent solutions. So things we can uh, touch and feel. And so when our supporters who are very generously, you know, backing our work, they can also see the results in a clear and transparent way. And um, I think that's how we're going to operate in the future. And uh, yeah, who knows what's ahead? I think the only thing that we know for certain is that being authentic and being transparent for, for the good of you know the work that we're doing is always going to be useful. So um, we really want to stick with it being tangible impact. And yeah, it's been a privilege so far to show um, you know, our supporters the work that we're achieving. Awesome. I, I like that um, tangible uh, impact uh, because you're coming in to, to support, um, you know, them with uh, uh, gear, you know, the proper gear to make them feel motivated when, you know, they are doing their daily patrols, even meeting up with, with poachers, you know, it's not an easy task, really. And we are talking here about men and women also who have shown a lot of interest and a lot of potential in being rangers and the, the type of work that they also do. Uh, you've mentioned uh, where you came in, you saw the need and uh, you came in to provide all these tangible benefits and solutions to these rangers. And I'm sure you're quite traveled, Lou. So could you highlight some of the other uh, challenges that you've come across facing our rangers on the ground? Yeah, I think um, when we look at the sort of um, different aspects of what it takes to be a ranger and the challenges particularly that face those rangers, I was really struck about um, the, the remoteness of some of the operations that are going on around the world and what that means for individuals working on conservation projects. And it's really important that those wildlife rangers can stay connected to um, family and friends particularly if they're in, you know, in situ for a long time, you know, multiple weeks or months at a time. Um, yeah. We think it's really important for them to stay connected because it's a huge boost of morale. Um, and, and that's something that's really important to us. So um, the challenges are, range from sort of on field and off field. And these challenges don't disappear when people are on patrol and they don't disappear when they're off patrol. So um, we always look for um, ways to support those challenges but understanding that people live, you know, inside pro projects, outside of projects, on patrol and off patrol. Um, so connectivity is a huge um, one that we want to keep uh, feeling yeah. like as a way to improve. But also, um, you know, when one rangers are in the field, it's really important that their um, hygiene and, and their basic sort of personal um, needs are looked after. So whether that's dental or feminine health, all of those different aspects are covered. Um, particularly in some of the, the patrols and, and the challenges that come with um, being 60 or 70 kilometres away uh, from from a base or an HQ. Um, so self-sufficiency is a really important part of that. So um, there's a huge range of challenges and we know for a fact that we won't be able to solve all of those challenges uh, overnight. But what we can keep doing is promoting you know, our basic um, belief that the morale and the dignity of those ranges is really important to the overall success of the project. Um, and so for us, that's what we're going to keep focusing on. And no matter what the challenges are, um, if we're really looking after um, 
every aspect of their welfare, then we think we can improve uh, the outcomes in the field. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Let's switch on gears now and talk a bit about um, uh, the products that you offer. You know, you've you've mentioned about socks, you've mentioned about boots now. I'm sure you're working on also gear. Could you take us how you, um, the partners that you work with, the designs, you know, um, mm-hmm. the eco uh, uh, conscious part, uh, the sustainability part of this product, because I'm sure you are big on that. Could you expound uh, on that a bit? Yeah, of course. And, you know, Diblex, for us, the first and foremost is that the products that we design or supply have to be required by the wildlife rangers. So we need to make sure that they are the ones um, deciding on what we um, choose to sort of supply. And that's really important from a relationship perspective is that our ultimate um, stakeholders as it relates to what is supplied is um, are those wildlife rangers. So we don't assume that they might <laughs> X or Y. It's very much yeah. um, they decide. So um I guess on that basis, the the real basics are something that we've been quite successful in supplying. Um, we've supplied um, heaps of boots and socks and and aspects like beanies as well, um, which we know that sometimes can just be missed off um, kind of the kit lists in the initial phases of of these projects. And we think that they do have a really simple but big impact. Um, but we've also ventured out into some some different aspects and some different strands. So. Um, period products for female rangers is something that we're focusing on much more now um, and we obviously want to promote um, female equality in the field and make it accessible for women to work in conservation as well um, particularly in ranger roles in the field so um, period products is something that we focused on and we're working with a partner um, dame products who make some of the industry leading period products both from a sustainability perspective but also performing really highly and those two aspects as you mentioned um, environmental aspects of the products, but also the technical performance aspects, we need to make sure we strike the balance because the performance is the first and foremost for these rangers doing such a tough job in some really challenging environments. Um, and then when possible, to make those products as sustainable um, as possible. And um, we're, we're sort of looking both at supplying um, products that we create ourselves, but also products that we work in partnership with some amazing brands around the world and um, we've just launched our first pair of socks, the, the Ranger Lab yeah. sock. Um, okay. And that's something that's a sort of a hybrid between uh, technical performance and sustainability made from recycled yarns. Um, but we hope with the, the, the studio, which we call Ranger Lab Studios, it's just the start of hopefully a really um, technically strong but also sustainable suite of products. Um, and whether that's rain jackets, beanies, um, trousers that are great for field activity um, and, and beyond. Uh, time will tell whether that's something that's viable. Um, yeah. But the most important thing is the kit that needs supplying is supplied uh, quickly. And when it does wear out, we know so that we can replace it. And we're really proud to have just supplied 200 new jackets um, in Zambia to the Game Range International teams, um, which is our biggest sort of one-off supply of, of kit. Um, and that's something that we're really excited to kind of see the, the fruits of over time. And measuring the impact is, is always an interesting one. Um, you know, the impact of a jacket can be taken in so many different ways. But on yes. a basic level, it's about, um, you know, real respect for those rangers and making sure they feel um, that there's respect, but also that there's support from, you know, someone a long way away from their project, uh, you know, in London, in the UK who's still really thinking about their basic personal needs. And I hope they feel that. 
Wow, that's quite profound. Um, I I I see I see where you are you are going with this, and um, I'm glad that you've mentioned about a female rangers, uh, because I've seen a lot of conservation organizations, especially in Africa, also pushing for more women representation, and um, you know pushing them on the front lines of conservation. Eleven percent of all the total rangers in the world are, are women, and we need that number to be over 30, you know, 40% right there. Mm. And uh, when you supply them with such products, uh, life in the field therefore becomes easier for them, you know, and work becomes enjoyable. And Lou, I want uh, you to take us through uh, what are some of the ways really we can make this profession uh, attractive to young people. Uh, because um, in maybe our case here in Kenya, uh, growing up, we were told, go to school, you know, study to become doctors, to become teachers, to become engineers. But uh, look at the natural world right now. Uh, uh, look at the, you know, the habitat loss, the poaching that has been going on for years now, you know. Uh, we need people on the ground who are motivated, well-equipped, well-trained, uh, to handle these um, uh, negative impacts and scale down uh, some of these uh, uh, impacts and uh, bring in uh, uh, need uh, solutions, uh, uh, local solutions on the ground. So how can we uh, really make this uh, profession attractive, especially uh, to young people who are very passionate about conservation, about their environment, about nature, about wildlife, and they'd want to make a positive impact uh, in their lifetime? Yeah, it's it's a really great question, Diplex, and it's a challenge to get the incentives for um, the wildlife ranger role right with the resources that are also available. And um, the incentives have to be really firmly advertised to individuals at that really important part of their life when they decide to become any of a range of different roles. And that incentives package has to be, um, you know, obviously understanding that resources from conservation projects aren't always, you know, as high as um, other other roles, but they are also um, a whole range of different ways that you can incentivize people to want to keep, um, you know, to want to become, but also to want to stay as wildlife rangers. So um, one of the things that we think about often is the, um, the kind of the general package of a wildlife ranger's life if they are working on projects. So can we make sure that the, um, the mess room where they're playing uh, pool or they're able to watch DSTV or they're able to watch um, you know the football on TV all of these different aspects that make it an attractive job so that there's um, both on and off field as we speak about a lot um, incentives for them to feel like this is a job worth doing um, and I think also that's that's a morale piece so if we can keep the team morale really high then that's really important but clearly there's also a need to make sure that um, pay is also standardized and there's sufficient pay for rangers. And no, I completely understand that resources are tight with conservation projects. But over time, the importance of protecting our planet is going to increase with it in terms of the time left to keep doing that. And therefore, I hope that the economics means that because it's such a vital role and there's such a time sensitivity around it, hopefully that will increase the, um, the, the amount that wildlife rangers are able to command in terms of pay. That might take a huge amount of, of um, sort of system change around major funders and how budgets are constructed. But I'll always stand up as an advocate for decent pay, for decent work for wildlife rangers. And I hope that in the future, if we can reach a point where wildlife rangers are paid fairly 
for the amazing work they do, but also they're supported in terms of insurance in case they're injured in the role um, and other aspects. If we can ensure all these things, I'm sure that the children of tomorrow will look up at the Wildlife Ranger role um, and, and really look at it as an attractive proposition. Um, so the pay, the insurance, and then the whole suite of benefits that come with being a wildlife ranger. Because unfortunately, um, just saying that they're heroes and sort of thanking them isn't enough. Unfortunately, it needs to be um, a proper proposition rather than just sort of plaudits and thanks that's going to attract the new generation of people uh, to work as rangers. So um, it's a really tough, uh, it's going to be a really tough, uh, transition but it's an important one to have done right certainly agree and thanks to ranger lab and you uh, lou for um, putting in measures you know and uh, uh, doing the little that you can really you know in, in ensuring that our rangers are properly equipped their well-being is taken care of and they are motivated uh, while on their uh, line of duty and uh, lou um, what is your vision for ranger lab in the next uh, few years Oh, it's a it's a big question, Diblex, and it's a question I think about often. And uh, all of the ideas that I have, they, they come back to the same principles. And the principles of our growth is we need to keep being as authentic as we can. And that means making sure that the rangers that we are supporting are guiding the way that we grow. So um, we will go in a direction that we feel is most impactful for their lives. Um, so if we need to focus more on uh, improving morale or improving performance or improving dignity then we'll move in that strand and that will just be orchestrated by those ranges that we work and support um, over time the the numbers that we attach to the the growth that we want are, are really arbitrary but we'd love to support more projects over the future but that's yeah. only dependent on you know how we fundraise over time um, but the authenticity behind what we're doing and not over expanding so that we can't keep supporting it's an interesting, um, you know, and philanthropy has always had this challenge is we don't want to be an organization that comes in, delivers something and then disappears because when those jackets wear out and when those period products are, you know, are spent, then what? And that's a really important consideration for us. So organic growth is really important. And to do that with some honesty behind it and making sure we don't move too quickly and then have to sort of backtrack on, on commitments we've made or backtrack on, on the way that we're going to shape and support our um, conservation partners is really important. So um, I'm a big believer that things will sort of unfold over time if we keep doing the right things and saying the right things. Um, and I think that's that's the case with us. But we, we're we really hopeful that we'll continue to you know, garner support from individuals who do want to support amazing wildlife ranges around the world but also want to see the impact of the work that uh, of the of the funding that they're providing. So the transparency part is is massive for us. And if anything, we want to be more transparent. Um, we want it to be. Uh, we want to build you know uh, systems that make it really easy for donors to see exactly what um, they're supporting. And, and hopefully over time that will be the case. And then you know the Ranger Lab Studio is something that is a is an opportunity, but it's also a very complex. Uh, sort of new direction for us that we might take uh, and that's around how we create a really innovative but strong technical sustainable line of products for wildlife ranges in-house and therefore you know we get to use the design uh, 
process with wildlife rangers and they can feel proud to say that they've designed the products that they're benefiting from. So that's over time and it will take a lot of time and investment to get there. Um, but nothing will change in many ways about the focus that we have. And that is the performance, the dignity and the morale of wildlife rangers is intrinsic to our um, to our work. And we'll never forget that. Wow, that's powerful, powerful there. Uh, thank you for sharing all that, Lou. And um, how can our listeners support Ranger Lab and its conservation efforts? Yeah, uh, that's a, it's a really kind question, Diblex. And um, there's there's a range of different ways. And, and we understand that from people from all backgrounds, we want, uh, we of course, we want their support. So um, we have a monthly newsletter that we, we love people reading. And that uh, tells people a little bit more about what we've got to, uh, what we've got up to over the, the last month of sort of activity. There's all sorts of different um, stories in there or impact uh, bits and pieces. So um, I would really recommend if people want to, to, to sign up to that and get a taste and a flavor of the impact that we're creating on a more regular basis. Um, of course, financially, it'd be amazing if anyone would like to donate. There's a, a you can donate via our website. Um, but also, I think the, the main thing is um, to just keep us in your mind uh, and to keep thinking of us and the work that we're doing. Um, because on, by doing that, you'll also be thinking about those people on the front line who are really um, under pressure doing some amazing roles. Um, and that's really important for us. I think the, um, the challenge is if we forget that there are these people out there doing those jobs. So um, we never want people to forget how difficult, but also how amazing some of those um, people are uh, on the ground. So yeah, those are probably the three ways. Keep us in mind. Uh, if you'd like to donate, that'd be amazing. But most importantly, I think is sign up to our newsletter and, and check us out a little bit more. On social media? Yeah, we've got social media as well. Um, we've definitely got a, a stronger presence on LinkedIn and Instagram. Um, we're always trying to work out how to grow those. And it's uh, one of those where it takes a lot of time and energy, as you know. Um, but over time, we, we love sharing the impact we're having on social media. So um, you can follow us on Instagram at Ranger Lab and then on LinkedIn as well. Just search Ranger Lab if you'd like to. Powerful, powerful. Thank you. Thank you for that, Lou. And as we celebrate World Ranger Day, uh, what is your parting shot to the rangers on the ground who are putting in, you know, the work, you know, their hands in the mud to ensure that our wildlife is safe, our wild spaces are safe, our communities also are safe uh, in that front. What is your message uh, to, to, the, to the resilient, to the valiant, to the strong uh, men and women on the ground yeah i mean it's very simple it's a really deep thank you and if there are any rangers that listen to this podcast i think my parting shot would be that don't forget how many people there are around the world who are supporting you in some way or thinking about the work that they're doing um you know the community that we've built here in the uk um of people who really do care about these wildlife rangers on the ground and somehow want to contribute um is is really amazing so um yeah wow. it's a it's a very deep thank you it's a it's a huge um amount of respect and um you know we want to keep pushing to support the lives of those wildlife ranges and we hope that we can do that um times are never easy in those jobs and those roles right now so yeah a huge amount of admiration for sure powerful powerful conversations here uh, lou and uh, thank you so much for your insights and thank you for the all the amazing amazing work that you do for our rangers what a conversation and uh, thank you so much for making time uh, to come to our podcast today
Great. Thanks, Dibler. It's been a pleasure. Bye. A huge thank you for taking time to listen to this great conversation. Kindly be sure to leave a review in your favorite podcast listening app for free today. Follow us on social media to get updates on when fresh episodes are released. Yours truly, Diplex. Until next time, stay safe and stay blessed. Kwaheri.